everyone. Thank you once again for tuning in to another podcast, the Iconist Podcast, where the icon is. Well, we're not going to say that yet. We got some things to do first and foremost, but uh, want to say thank you for tuning in. Thank you for all the new followers that have been joining on our YouTube page and been following us and downloading us all over the world. We appreciate it. Remember what we talk about like subscribe share rate and review also join our community tab on our youtube page we have a lot of polls more polls going up there so we want to hear back from you this is our way to interact with you and try to get a pulse of what you're thinking are we on the right track are we totally off it's okay let us know let us know it's all cool um and we interact with all the people just you know by the time this episode comes out it's been about a couple of weeks have gone by but i was having a nice discussion with one of our listeners on there he was replying on our youtube page uh, a fellow by the name of derek uh, and Derek commented on our, um, uh, which one was it? The the uh, cardiac, our cardiac episode. Mm. So we were going back and he was mentioning some things. One, he was interested in and liked that we talked about that character, which was awesome. Thank you so much, Derek. Uh, and then we had a total interaction on there. So like, Derek, thank you. I mean, please check our, our catalog of past episodes. And, you know, I do have two that I want to talk about that Derek did mention. He mentioned like three characters and two were already in brain. And on the other third one, I think we're going to go there too. So, yeah. So when Derek, keep listening. Uh, I'm going to put this out right now. I will say, yes, we will talk about Night Thrasher. We were supposed to talk about Night Thrasher before. Uh, we have a guest in line that's supposed to come on there because he's a fan of that character. So we're holding on so we can get that guest on to talk about Night Thrasher. But that is in the plan. It's already in the works. And then he brought up Rocket Racer. And I'm like, wow. Hmm. So, uh, Derek, I'm not sure if you're a skateboarder person, but those are two good characters. And uh, we will put you know, Rocket Racer is on the list. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Keep keep your eyes peeled. Uh, and I know you mentioned Prowler also from, you know, and, I, and Prowler, I'm like, oh, yeah, this, he's an interesting character too. So great calls on those. Thank you. And I just wanted to acknowledge that uh, very much right off the top of the show before we do anything else because we can't have this show without you guys who listen, who watch, who participate. And I said, we interact with anyone that uh, reaches out to us on our media. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Can't mm-hmm. can't stress that enough. On that note, as you know, I'm one of your hosts. I'm Barry 3D, Barry 3D Carter. You know the joke, don't need to go into it, but hey, here we are. Um, <laughs> Rod's dying. If you want to see what I'm doing, check out the links below, and you can always go to barry3d.com. That's B-A-R-R-Y 3D.com. See where I'm tour- going around. I got my tour dates on there. I've got everything that's going on in my little world. I got to update my blog, but at least I always put on my tour date so you know where I'm performing live because I do stand-up comedy. And if you want to see me a place doing stand-up comedy, reach out, let me know. And uh, I'll try to make it happen because I, I love going and meeting people face-to-face. Uh, on top of that, we I also go around with another troupe. So that's a Touch of Grey Matter, which is myself along with Dave Sokolowski and Zolf Ali. We are still doing shows throughout uh, the summer and we're, we're going to be picking up that pace a little bit more. So we're going to crack the whip and keep going. Keep an eye out for that. And also, uh, for the people that support the show, too. So that's one, Brandy Ford. She has her own magazine, The Writer and the Wit. Uh, she's got some articles in there on us. And I'll be on her show soon enough. Um, by the time this one episode comes out, I think I already would have done her show. So, yes, uh, keep an eye out for that. She has a show Sunday morning, uh, Saturday mornings, uh, a talk radio show. So I'll keep you posted. Uh, then, also, uh, the, support the books that support us. So, Check Swings out in Montreal, go up to tell Trevor we said hi, and out in Kitchener, go out to Wow Comics and tell Wes we said hi. Let them know you heard about them on the Iconist podcast, so one's in Montreal, one's out in Kitchener, Ontario. Do the drive. Either place is really nice to be in there and a lot of fun. You can lose yourself for hours. Woo! 
And like always, I do this show. I never do it alone. I'm here with my cousin, man, myth, legend, my tag team partner, my my my, my comrade, my brethren. You know what I mean? My ride and die. I don't want him to die when he's riding with me because um, you know, I don't drive like that because you know, uh, I ain't that young anymore. So here we go. The one and only. Who am I talking about? Rod C. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode. The ride and die. It's a battle. We shall go. It is I, Roddy Rod C. Not Roddy Piper. Roddy Rowdy Piper. But we'll get into that another day. Depends <laughs> when he's on the 401. Look out. Mm. Let's uh. talk about it. Let's talk about it. Listen, <laughs> we're going to have some fun today. You know, this is Iconus. The icon is. That's my joke. I won't say it. But we didn't. You can see what we're going to do. But we still got one more person, a few more people to talk about. Mary, who do we got to talk about today? Well, first, man, let's turn around. Rod, where can we find you, first and foremost? Oh, well, you know what? Let's you, oh, you can find me on the World Wide Web. You can find me on the Instagram at Mr. Rod C. M-R-R-O-D-C. Uh, you can also find me on the world of Twitch at DJ Rod C. Listen, I'm there each and every week having fun on the world of Twitch. I do a whole bunch of different shows. I got... I got shows that I do R&B and reggae. I got an open format show, like what I call, what I have is like labeled as what's in my crate. So you can get a foray of different stuff jumping in. It's a lot of fun. Then I have my normal one on Wednesday, Club Shots. But listen, and I also guess another one. But listen, it's not about me right now. It's not about me. It's all about, I didn't mm, say right. the name again. No, I have disappeared. This, I I got something, but I'll figure it out. Hopefully, the hospital will figure that out for me. Long live the revolution. Okay. Long live the revolution, right? There you go. And, of course, the man that makes us look so pretty. So, what? Uh, if you think, hey, we do a lot of talking, you want to do something like this, too, reach out. Uh, do some research. I've done my research and looked around at podcasting sites. We are on Podbean. So, that's podbean.com. They do the hosting and all the heavy lifting if you want to do a podcast yourself and make it really, really easy, that's what we're on. So it makes us look really good and it's very simple to use. So that's the, I think one of the better ones out there. And that's my personal opinion. I'm not bashing the other one. I just like Podbean a lot. So uh, that's something to check out if you want to start a podcast. And if you're starting a podcast, you need a logo, you need some templates, you need any kind of thing that what we have here. And we couldn't do that because if not, it'd be just two of us with a black screen. So hey, one nation. But still, there's only one man that can make you look pretty while you're on your screen or have to put your logos up. And that is the one and only J Bird Digital Jay Bird Digital Arts. You reach out to Jason, you tell him you heard about him on the Iconist podcast, and he'll give you a discount on any work that you need done for your project, be it if it's virtual or live. If you have a business, a stand, a brick and mortar business, or you said it's online, doesn't matter. He's got you hooked up. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Jay. Right on. Now, today on the show, we wanted to do something maybe a little bit different for us because I know we kind of stay with two wheelhouses, some anime cartoons at times. And it's only one time we went back to this uh, company. So we're going back to Image. And on the Iconist podcast today, the icon is Backlash. And you're like, whoop, Backlash. What? A baking powder? What's a Backlash? What's a Backlash? Well, the backlash is when you do something wrong and it comes back on you. Right? Well, we're talking about the character Backlash. We're talking about Mark Slayton. Now, I know there's been other characters that have had the name Backlash, but it all started with Mark Slayton, and they're all kind of tied in. 
So who's Mark Slayton? I don't know. You, you read English comics books, then uh, you should know. And if you don't know, you will learn today. Okay, here we go. So Backlash was a character that was created um, by Brett Booth and uh, Jim Lee. So created by Jim Lee, Brett Booth. Yes, that Jim Lee. And this character first made their first appearance back in July. Oh, I'm sure the guy's straight. No, that was the yeah. wrong. I got the wrong. Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, 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 I was right. I was right. Okay, sometimes I doubt myself. It's been a long day. So the first, first appearance in Stormwatch issue number three in July of 1993. That's mm. when Backlash made his first appearance. Now, who was Backlash? I don't know. He was a mysterious enigma of a character. He had a black you know, one-piece costume where only the top of the, just above his forehead was open. You saw his hair. He had like gray or silver hair, white hair, however you want to call it. Costume was all black with a white stripe over his eye and then followed on his, his bodysuit, you know, with a little bit of white and black, some gloves, a knife, a gun, even though he didn't really ever use them or need them. And he he, he was in there and they're like, okay, who is he? You know, he had some heavy hitters on Stormwatch. So Stormwatch was a team that was formed in Image, uh, created an image, and their purpose was they were a peacekeeping team working for the UN. So they had all that diplomatic community going around the world, stopping mm-hmm. threats that the UN, UN deemed needed to be stopped. Now, before you get to that, someone's got to train the team. That's where he comes in backlash. So that was what his first appearance was, is that you see him. He's very he's like a, a slim guy, very agile. Uh, he's got a healing factor. He's got strength. And, but you don't know much about him. And they just said he's the trainer. He's the one that makes them as good as they are. So how the X-Men are in the danger room and they got Charles sitting there sending out commands. No, he was in a room saying, come at me, bro. <laughs> Let me tell you how to handle the situation. He was I like, what uh, oh, yeah, he, he's, he's a mix of different genres. Like, I mean, when I say he's a mix, he's mm-hmm. a long term soldier. He's a warrior. He's in peak condition. He's a strategist. He, so he's smart. You know, he might not be as physically strong as some of the other characters, but, oh, he can make them hurt. That's Backlash. Now, where does Backlash story begin? Back. Laughing back then. (laughs) It had to be said that way. But why did I have to say it that way? Because the man is over 3,000 years old. He looked good. (laughs) <laughs> he looked he, no. he, he looked good so well, his origin starts way before that so he showed up in, in Stormwatch you see him in there and then you know he always stays on the Stormwatch satellite he doesn't really do any field missions you're wondering why and then let's go back a little bit not too far not to the beginning yet he goes back and they show a flashback and before there was Stormwatch there was Stormwatch uh, Prime so he was on the first version of that particular team at the time and the mission just went puts and he's like nope only i survived and a couple other members survived no more field work i'm done and they're like well we still need you because you have a certain set of skills that we think are still valuable and he's like i'll train the next team but i don't want to be field commander no more you know you you keep me there as the ultimate backup option so stormwatch has a good history but this is where backlash comes in and and he was like okay they said fine so he was training the troops after that one disastrous mission and, um, you know, things happen. So, you know, on that satellite, they had this one person there, the war guard, who you find out later on is the father of one of the main guys. Uh, I think it's Jackson King, you know, the leader of, who goes by battalion. He's the leader of the current Stormwatch. But it was his dad 
but his dad got possessed by this other alien and he almost wiped out all life on Earth. So they keep him in suspended animation on that satellite. So it's not just a base, it is also a prison for that character and two others. And that's his role is to make sure everything is okie dokie. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so that was his first appearance. And he did get his own run of his own comic book, which was really nice. And he did have a crossover. So, you know, we're going to talk about some of these points. We're also going to fan cast it, give you a little bit of history, our own unique spin on it, what we think and what we'd like to see, and a little bit of fan casting at the end. So here, you know, that was our introduction to it. So that that is the start of Backlash. Now, when I say way back, I said, yes, 3,000 years old. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let that, let that sink in. That's a lot of calendars. That's a lot of the month, yearly calendars, I'm just going to say. That, that's a lot. That that is a lot. Rod, let me tell you something, man. Uh, I need some of his genes because I, I never think there's enough time in a day, but if I can live for 3,000 years, I think I can get the hang of it. <laughs> some people need to th- live the 3,000 years just to get rid of their credit card debt. So, all right. Hey, that interest will get you. That interest will get you. Be smart, people. Be smart. Don't let that be your mental stress. Ooh, right on. Oh, boy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know what? If you, if you need any kind of advice, uh, Richard Rod, actually, he's good with that. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that's not even a joke. That's not that is a straight, honest plug. Okay, so how it starts with him is mm. we're not even starting to tell with him. We're starting to tell with his dad, and his dad was named uh, Lord uh, Slayton. Sultan. There we go, Lord Sultan. Let's go with that, right? Which is uh, spelled S apostrophe Y L T O N. Now, his dad it was part of this other race. So he had this one race from a different planet, and but they look human. So mm-hmm. it's a humanoid. They look, they, they look human. They can pass as human easily, just like Clark Kent can pass as human, so can they. And they're from another planet, and he was uh, from a race called the uh, Caribbean. Now, the Caribbean are long-lived. They are above, let's say, human endurance, strength, speed, the whole nine yards, right? They're stronger than an average human and all that aspect to it. And they're extremely long-lived, like practically near immortal. Mm. So their planet, they were having their issues. There was another race they were kind of peaceful with. And then that other race, the uh, Durham, turned around and backstabbed them. Backstabbed them. Oh, no. Vile betrayal. Mm. No! We'll come back to that. (laughs) Do you know Linda? Yes. Did you bite her? No. no. You, we got you on tape right here. <laughs> We're putting you away. No. Sorry, it's a video I saw on YouTube, TikTok. It makes me cry. So they came to Earth to get away, and that fight broke out, and they're trying to preserve themselves. So when his dad, Lord uh, Silton, uh, uh, yeah, I'll say, uh, Sultan, Sultan, yeah. When Lord Sultan comes to Earth, he came to Earth. He wants he's the leader of this race, and he wants to establish a new home for them on Earth. So they get here. They've gotten technology because they're from outer space. Keep that in mind. They build up a new city on an island, and they make it all and it's futuristic, and everything is there. And he's um, Lord and Master, but he he looks like a medieval kind of knight how he dresses, even though they're from the future. And they make a home, and they name that home Atlantis. Interesting. Right. So you know in history all the times how we talk about Atlantis, Atlantis, the sunken city. Atlantis seemed to be more advanced than we were. You know, Disney's done a movie with Atlantis where they had Michael J. Fox playing that character as Milo 
looking yeah. for Atlantis. Okay, everyone has things we've heard about Atlantis. We made it. We've talked about the man from Atlantis. Yep. Right. This is always a focal point, and that's cool. I'm all right with that. I like that. I like that. And his dad, Lord Sultan, turned around and married a human woman. Mm. All right. And she gave birth to their son, Mark. So Mark is an heir to the Caribbean throne. Like, I mean, no question about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here we, so he, he's a prince. But then the Durham come to uh, Earth, break into a big fight. Um, they end up sinking Atlantis or destroying Atlantis, causing it to sink, either way, how you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. And his dad turns around and sacrifices himself so the rest of his people can get away. So the only ones that we know survive for sure is Mark. And then the, one of the king's counselors survived this whole mess. I think his name's Ferrum. Uh, survived, yeah. right, survived this mess. And Ferrum says, Well, I'm going to, I was your dad's counselor, but I'm going to take Mark under my wing, train him as my own you know, in all these abilities, so this way he could be able to progress and carry on and be able to defend himself. Because per, pretty much, of the king dead, he's a new king. There was just no coronation. Mm. 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 <laughs> all right, then. Uh, so that's how it goes about. And Mark, being so young, I mean, he was an infant, he was a baby, grows up, he really doesn't remember much of that. And then to tell you the truth, He's got what I call the Wolverine moment. He doesn't remember anything of his history. Nothing at all. Zip zero nada. Goes on and advances, advances, years go on. At one point, Ferrum disappears. Don't know what happened to him, but Mark's doing his own thing. So Mark, knowing he's a man with a certain set of skills. Yeah, that's right. I slipped and taken in there. Uh, I feel no way. I feel no way. So during that time, Mark takes on the last name Slayton. So, you know, he added, he got rid of the apostrophe, added the letter A in there. And that's how you got Mark Slayton going forward. And he knows, the thing is, even though he can't remember his past, well, Atlantis and all that stuff, he still knows he's got what he would discern, say as superpowers. There's something special about him. He knows there's something special in my DNA. Yeah, Um, he knows there's something in his DNA. Yeah. and and a lot of his story we don't know in about 3,000 years. We know he kind of stayed behind the scenes. He helped, you know, I wouldn't say he was like trying to be like uh, Vandal Savage trying to manipulate certain events. He just was get, getting by. I mean, he's 3,000 years old. Or over 3,000 years old, I should say. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's just trying to get by. So he goes, he goes. And then at one point, he gets like wrapped up. So he he's there during World War II. He takes mm-hmm. a side, you know, during World War II. He joins the army you know uh he, he does what he has to do and then he gets brought in to join different teams over the course of his lifetime so when he goes and gets into world war ii mm-hmm. um they start certain teams so he was on what you call uh first of all team zero so team zero was formed and they helped fight against the allies or the you know, or the, the, he joined the allies to fight against you know the nazis right did that Cool. And he was kidnapping, you know, not kidnapping, stealing like information. Uh, once again, the mission kind of went wrong. This guy's moving a bad luck charm on missions. You know, they dropped out of a plane, a mission went wrong, they just barely made it. Okay, cool. You know, but he was responsible for stealing uh, plans to stop the Nazis from getting rocket technology, kind of set them back a little bit because it would have tipped the, the, the scales of war. Mm-hmm. 
And so that was that was team zero. Team zero. Then, yep. Yeah. And then they bring him back to team one. And in team one, he turned around and he's still got some other missions that he's doing with some other people, notable people. Uh, and, and one of them was like a Diaz, who's part of that, I think, team. Is it team one? Or, but I mean, marks on many teams, you know. Uh, and once again, he teams up with future people that would make an influence in the Image universe. Not not even just in Stormwatch. I'm talking all different books. Mm-hmm. And then he joins the all-important Team 7. Now, Team 7 was very important because in Team 7, they gave him all the members this uh, gene technology that they got, you know, from that they were able to find and kind of amplify people's powers, trying to make their own super soldier, mm-hmm. for lack of better words. And because right. of his caribou DNA, it gave Mark extra abilities. Correct. So he got these tendrils that these psionic tendrils that come out of his hands. So look, like almost like Omega Supreme, but they're made of psionic energy. Right. That can so like, grab. Like Fizzlock. You know, that, that's how I look at it. It's basically yeah. having the tentacles like Fizzlock. How the Fizzlock has the psionic. Um, oh, Psylocke, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Psylocke, sorry, Psylocke, Psylocke. Yeah, 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 with the Psylocke so, knife, yeah, exactly, you're right, you're right. So Psylocke, Tendrils, same thing, he's got more than what you can do with her Tendrils, I mean, uh, with her Blade, you're, you're absolutely right. So that was really cool, but then on Team 7, you had other people like, for example, the father of uh, Battalion was on there. Uh, one of the fathers was from uh, the group, the book there, Gen 13, so Fairchild, right? Her dad was on Team 7. Uh, you had another guy named Lynch who was part of Team 7. So these are key players because Lynch becomes their Nick Fury to a certain degree, running their IO, which is a, a, a international operations, or but that was their spy organization, was called IO. So he had a lot of that. And then, of course, he trickles into Stormwatch, and then he lands on his last team, which is uh, Wildcore, which he brings together people he's worked with before. And Wildcore had some members that he worked with. Farron comes back. Um, you get, sorry, Team 7 had Grifter, but Wildcore had the Sister Zealot. So from Wildcats. So mixed match because they all had a Kerm. And they went on, you know, doing certain missions and a quest. Right. We'll get into that in the end. So that is the general thing about it. So when he got at Team 7, upgrade, let's call that. He got the sonic whips or tendrils, and then he also had a you know another uh, a power which was turning into mist. People thought at one point he was teleporting. It's like he's there, you don't see him, then he shows up. Then it's only in one issue later on you see he gets kind of pushed out of a plane. He's like, oh no, what do you do? Teleport? He goes, and he always says, I don't teleport. But everyone's like, okay, but you're on that side of the room, and now you're behind me. You teleport? He goes, I, I don't have any teleportation powers. I don't teleport. He never said what he was doing. He just said mm-hmm. telling people he doesn't teleport. But right. even how they drew it, it looked like he was teleporting. Or right. was he running really fast? Because he does have superhuman agility. Now, that's not the case. What was happening is you find out he turns into mist, almost like a vampire. Just and he can get into any crevice, any place, or he can move around and then reform right away. No one looks around when they see like a little mist moving around. So that was always cool. Mm-hmm. Now, that that's my whole introduction to Stormwatch, the Black uh, Backlash. What, what do you what do you think of Backlash? What was your your take on it? I'm, I mean, I'm pro, pro Backlash. No, 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 no. Listen, Backlash is he's a he's a very interesting character. Like I was, um, so there's a couple of stuff that that I 
I'm, I'm looking at in, in regards to his lineage in the sense of, okay, so as you said, he's a prince. He's basically, um, he's like a Jonathan Kent in the sense he's half Kryptonian, he's half Kyrian, um, uh can't even pronounce the, the name of Caribbean. So, you know, so yeah. he, he, has, he has some abilities along that line. The memory loss is great. I have, I have only one scenario. I'm trying to think, because they don't talk about his, um, his, um, he's like the ward, his guardian, his, his, um, oh, uh, Ferron, who, who looked after him. Because it basically states, you know, it basically states that Ferron stayed with him until he became a man. He was able to be, you know, man up and take care of himself. Mm-hmm. Now I'm trying to think out, okay, this is 3,000 years. Because mm-hmm. he's been here for how long on this earth? It was with Pharaoh. I'm going to try to say like, why the age you look at this particular individual? He looks, he has gray hair and stuff like that. So I'm going to give him like his mid forties. I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, he's seasoned. He's, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, he's a yes. temperate salt person. So he's seasoned. Yes. You know what I mean? So I'm going to say that Pharaoh, Pharaoh was stayed with him to like about in his early mid teens, late teens, and right. then just poof disappeared. Um, and you don't hear nothing about him. Uh, his abilities of being self-healing, I mean, it's a great thing that you're now trying, you know, we're, we're, everybody's using the, the Wolverine effect. Everybody has some type of self-healing. Um, but it's good because now you can kind of base that off his lineage of his father and his people. So I'm like, okay, that's good. Uh, it's interesting that you try to think about, they, you touched on it saying that he was in World War II and stuff along that line. Mm-hmm. Also, just to make everybody think, like, if he's been there for that long, you brought up a good pull in regards to uh, Vandal Savage. In here, uh, Backlash was known to, his memory wasn't the greatest, but he was known to be a ninja. In certain times in, in Japan lore, he was, a, yes. he was a ninja. He he was, now in medieval time, he was a knight. Um, you know, a medieval knight in that regard as well. So you just show that he was there and just kind of like, I got to keep myself busy because in reality, he never knew anything about his own heritage. Um, Fairman never spoke to him. So he must look upon himself wondering, how come I'm still alive? Am I a vampire? Am I a part of the undead? Because everybody keeps dropping around him and he's still alive. It must be questioning. But if he's a young man, we don't know if Farron told him anything along that line. So now he's realizing, right. like, I could, I could drop dead any time, moment, not tomorrow. Okay, not the next <laughs> day, not the next day. And this could be more analyzing and, and, and more trauma to the man because, like, I don't know if I can die. Because yeah. technically, he has a healing factor. He could barely die. Well, exactly. And he's only, and he's mixed, right? He's, he's half Caribbean, half human. Right. So, and, and you can see it didn't dilute the mix. It's almost like invincible. Because Invincible, his dad was, you know, an alien. His mom was human. 100%. And, you know, he doesn't seem to take any effects of being human. Like, in the aging, he takes on all those attributes of his dad and even stronger as time goes on, right? And that's Invincible talking. Yeah. So, this is, you're right. This is, that's why I say there's so much about this character. Now, the key thing about this character that I think I'm all about world building, he can do it. We look at characters, and we like to give a little bit of history. We're going to talk to characters. So what I'm saying about world building, right now, I can tell you right now, he's had, because, and this is before he's officially backlash, he's ran into the roots of Gen 13. He's going to have the roots of Stormwatch. He has the roots of the Caribbean race, so he's dealing with, you know, 
uh, Lord Majestic, you know, Lord Majestos, you know, who's their version of Superman, mm-hmm. um, Sister Zealot, and who everyone sees as Amazon warriors came from, you know, the Coda. And, and that was their take on the Amazon warriors with Sister Zealot and the rest of her sisters. So mm-hmm. this is where he, he's touched all of these people one way or the other. Wildcats, you know, Lord Emp, uh, you know, he's worked with Grifter. Yep. I.O. Okay, that's Red Condition, which is, you know, Grifter's uh, brother. So he's the one character that has intertwined with every person, including their parents. So, you know, if you look at a battalion, he's dealt with his dad. Mm-hmm. Because he's long lived, and then you know, so he's got a lot going on in my in my in, in sense for it. Your book, mm-hmm. right? Uh, this is where it puts a lot of it. So, and then you know, while he's on, and this is what kind of brings him back to the forefront. So he's always been behind the scenes. Now you see him in Stormwatch. Things go on, and uh, you know, uh, as I said, um, you know, there's a, a Daemonite. So the Daemonites, that's the race that his you know, that are fighting, that who's, you know, the Wildcats fight. Mm-hmm. He deals with them, too, at a certain degree. And at one point, while on there, uh, there's a Demonite called uh, Sarin, right? And he attacks the satellite, gets the big fight on the Stormwatch satellite. Now, Mark has his girlfriend, and her name is uh, Diane LaSalle. Mm-hmm. And during this fight, what the Demonites do is they they take somebody's body over. They, they kind of, they'll, they'll get you Merge into your body, take control of your body. Mark sees this. Mark tries to stop it, so he uses his psychic, his psionic tendrils, and puts it out there to force her, to force that demonite out of his girlfriend's body, and it causes her to go into a coma. And that that demonite ends up escaping. So Mark's like, "Oh crap, gotta save, gotta save the girlfriend." So right. they put her body in suspended animation, and Mark's like, "Look, you take care of her. I don't care what you guys say. Stormwatch is good enough to handle themselves." I'm out of here. I need to track down Sarin uh, and get, you know, the other essence back for my girlfriend, mm-hmm. which to me gave me the same feeling of the Galaxy Rangers. So if oh. you remember the, when we talked about Galaxy Rangers, you yeah, had, yeah, yeah. You had the uh, the commander, uh, the leader of the Galaxy Rangers. His wife, you know, part of that soul gem was taken. So half her, so they have her body, but then her essence was taken by the queen that was trying to take over. So, you know, they're always chasing that queen down to get back that gem that has her soul, so to speak, mm. in there so they can reunite it and make the mom whole again. Very reminiscent of that. I'm like, okay, here we go. Let's go. Good. So, And I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying that's, that's what it made me feel like for that mm. for that moment. Like, there's a lot of things that make the character motivated to do that. So his motivation was to go out and save his girlfriend, his longtime girlfriend. It wasn't like they just went on two dates. They they were an, an item. And it brings you back because, as I said, he knows he's, at this point, you've seen stuff. In a sense, you've seen the world change. Mm-hmm. To your point, it's like, does he know? At this point, he didn't even know about his caravan heritage. That? So, so I'm assuming he wasn't told about his heritage by Farron because he wanted to keep him safe. Like, how do you hide royalty? Tell him, don't tell him the royalty. If they don't know, nobody knows. Nobody goes looking for him. Right. And he left because, I'm sure he left because, he's like, hey, man, I'm at your dad's royal council. People are kind of sniffing around thinking, oh, geez. If they see me with this kid, they might put two and two together. 
Right. I, you can defend yourself? Okay, I got to go. What are you doing? I'm going on a walkabout like Crocodile Dundee. I'm on a quest. Out. I'm out. Out. Because you got to look at it in a sense. Like, if he, he's a, for this time stamp, it's 3,000 years. I'm going to say that if he's in his 40s, as I'm kind of displaying, we're just going to yeah. kind of rationalize that, that out. That when he looks like he's 17, 18 type of scenario, uh-huh. that was easily at least, I would say that's about, say, that looking like about seven, six or seven hundred years has already passed. Yes, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, because he's aging so slowly. He's aging so slowly. Physically, he's so, aging that slowly. Yeah. Right. So basically, if anybody starts to realize Karim is still here, I mean, sorry, Farron is still here, he's always with that kid. Farron is still here. He's, that kid looks about the same. Farron is here. Wait a minute. Is that the same kid from 600 years ago when we were like, we were just storming the place? Is that the young prince? Uh, listen, boy, I got to go. And disappear in into the mist. Exactly. So the the best way to defend him is not be around him, right? Mm -hmm. Try to know how to defend himself. Don't tell him what his heritage and keep him safe. There's other lords from Carabim that are around, and the demonites are always the demonites are always looking for who they need to get rid of, right? So best way is not be around, but kind of leave him on his own. Don't and he's just wandering. So he right. knows he's outliving everybody. He knows, you know, Farron probably said, hey, you know, you got a gift. You, you're going to outlive a lot of people. Be smart. So I, did he have, obviously he had to have relationships before. Mm-hmm. Okay. And on one of those missions, like back when he was on Team 7, he had a relationship. He had a he had an Asian girlfriend and they were really close. And then, you know, um, and they kind of split their separate ways. And that was that. And he didn't see her again during during the war and all that. And then uh, next thing you know, he gets a knock at the door, and it's like, well, you got a child. And it's like, it's not even the, the, the girl he slept with. It's the girl. She's a full-out teenager. And he's like, what? <laughs> you know, don't act surprised if you don't wrap it up. <laughs> that's all I got to say. Mm. Be safe. So that, that's how his daughter came in. Now, I know I dropped some stuff, some stuff there. So, But you're right, Rod. He was seen as a ninja. He was seen as a medieval knight. He was seen as a samurai at one point. He was seen in all these things. He always was attracted to a man of action. That's how he did it and how he blended there it. There you go. That's the way of looking at it. And Definitely got by uh, in life. So now, here we are. He's chasing down, um, you know, the demon, uh, the demonite, trying to, you know, get the essence of his girlfriend. Because a demonite has his girlfriend's essence. And he's got to get it back so she can be whole once again and wake up. And then he finds out, hey, well, you know, you know, he's like, he's got certain missions. Like, you help us, we'll help you kind of thing mm-hmm. from I.O. Tit for tat. So, Let's go. Yeah. So the guy at I.O. says, you help us, we'll help you. And it's like, okay, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, what do you have for me? And he goes, well, this is what we got. Um, you know, and put him on a mission. He did the mission. And they gave him a disc that had this information saying, hey, you, uh, you got to reach out to this person. We have a, a caravan over here, uh, someone to kind of merge with them, you know, that we picked up a while ago. So he goes and starts working with a, this woman, and this woman goes by the name of Taboo. Now, Taboo has this kind of vampiric armor. Like, it gets on her body, so she looks normal, she's a redhead, but when she calls out the armor, and, it's, and it comes out of its hiding place, and it gets on her, her skin gets extremely pale. She really looks like a vampire. Her skin gets really pale, but her lips are still ruby red. Of course, she has the red hair, so it makes it stand out even more because she looks so pale. And that has, at one point, has certain abilities, like the Gyra unit. So, you know, when she needs it, she gets wings. She gets claws. She gets a tail. Uh, it enhances all her abilities. 
you know, and her and Slayton, at first, they start kind of working a lot together, and they start kind of flirting back and forth the odd time, but he doesn't make anything of it because he's, the two of them are working, trying to find, you know, clues to find that uh, demonite. But then, then, there's a crossover. Bum, bum, bum. Which makes sense. You might think it's weird, but it makes sense. If you look at how Brett Booth draws um, backlash when he's in action, when he's fighting, he, he, it's very, you can tell he's acrobatic. He doesn't just stand stiff all the time. He's always hunched over. His his knees are almost over his ears when he's jumping in the air and one hand going one way and he's using a tendril. It's very Spider-Man-ish. So it's only natural. There's a crossover okay. with Spider-Man. Dun, dun, dun. And that's what happens. He he has a crossover issue where it's image with Marvel and Backlash teams up. I think it was like a two-issue shot. Two issues, yep. Right. Teams up. Thank you, Rod. And with you know Spider-Man. And the reason why is Venom comes into play. And Venom's like, oh, what Taboo has is a symbiote. Let me find out more. So Venom is chasing Taboo. Taboo is with Mark. Mark now sees Spider-Man come in, and Spider-Man went, uh-oh, there's two of them, possibly three, because Backlash is also in black and white. The symbiote Venom is black and white. So Taboo looks black and pale and white. Let the fight begin. Royal Rumble four-way match AEW Pillars match. Here we go. <laughs> It was the fisticuffs. And then, you know, but very quickly they realize like every time heroes get together, I think it's an eagle thing. They start fighting to see who's best. Then they turn around and say, hey, we should work together because Taboo's really on my side. She's not a villain. Oh, okay. But we got to take down Venom because he's a bad villain. Ah, I'll team up with you. And then when you see that drawing of Spider Man and in his updated 90s costume Mm -hmm. with Backlash, you're like, oh, okay. Now we see both the movements, how they move. It's very similar. They're drawn very similar that way. Makes sense. Yep. I think that was a crossover that absolutely makes sense. That, you know, Eddie at the time looking for other symbiotes, and this is before all the, the information we have in symbiotes. Keep in mind, this is back in the 90s. So it's still not in the, you know, the late 2000s where we got more information about, you know, the symbiote war, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it is what it is, or Venom War. That's it. It's, it's the early days. And it's like, huh. You know, I, I think the only other one that existed at the time maybe would have been, and forgive my memory, people, would have been Carnage, but forgive my memory. Most likely would have been Carnage. It. I think it would be Carnage. Yeah, that's it. The rest of them weren't there. So mm-hmm. with this all happening, this was, I thought, was a really cool way to kind of bring them across in there. And, and at the time, Image was still Image. It wasn't under the wild storm bought by DC, so forth. Here's my thing. I think... This character is fundamental because his whole storyline, he starts with that. Then, of course, after the symbiote, you know, incident with Spider-Man, Taboo, Mark, and Avar, and it's shots, 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 everybody. That's how it started. But then it ended with blaming all the alcohol, baby, because next you know, they're both in there knocking boots. I can't remember how the song Knocking Boots goes, but y'all can Spotify that or listen to when Rod plays on a Wednesday night or goes to the crates and plays Knocking Boots. Okay. And they started having a physical relationship. But he still got his girlfriend that's in like, you know, laid out. Right. Coma. Coma. Yeah. So it was kind of, it was kind of a douche move there. 
on both their parts because they both knew and then they both went back when they were both sober to continue it. All right, all right, adults, you know, and the story goes on, but he still doesn't get deterred from his quest to save, you know, mm-hmm. Diane. He fires Siren. They get into a huge fight. And then he turns around and turns into his mist form, goes into Siren's mouth, and then reforms into a solid form and comes from the inside out, just burst out and kill him, which therefore releases the essence and Diane comes back. Mm-hmm. Then he has to have the conversation, the Mori conversation, you know. It's like, uh, yeah, this is my man. Uh-huh. Uh, who's that other woman? Maury, Maury, Maury. Maury. Rest in peace, Maury. Mm. So he had the conversation. Him and Diane, they 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 broke up. You know, she didn't, she, I don't, it wasn't as big as a fight that you might have thought it would have been. You know, she was like, oh, I was in a coma, but that's the first thing you do is run to someone else. He's like, ah, uh, but I saved you. So it's like, okay, you saved me, but you still ran to someone else. So I think he got points for saving her. Because he was the only one on the mission to do it, not the rest of Stormwatch. All right. And then that advances his story. And, 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 you know, and there's more to it. I mean, and then, of course, after that is when he finds out he has a daughter. Uh, and she's coming to live with him. She wants to know more about her dad. And he finds out he's got actually not one, but two kids. Mm-hmm. So he, he's, he's got a, a son named Ares. Yep. And there, during that adventure, you know, just at the end of Stormwatch, he gets like his own series. Like, I mean, sorry, his own series. That's a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about happened in his own issues of Backlash. The art was beautiful. And that's where he finds out what his Caribbean heritage, who his dad was. And and what I was like finding disappointing, they never really addressed more that he was a lord. Mm. You know, he, he's a lord. He people should the, the rest of Caribbean, like, I mean, uh Sister Zealot. You know, should see him and say, "All right, let me take a knee," because by rights he's he's a lord. You know, he does team up with Farron, as I said before. There's some other ones that show up. Um, then there's Lord Majestros. You know, who um, or, or Majestros—that's his name—but he goes by Majestic as a superhero name. You know, the two of them are on equal level, but it seems like I guess Majestic is on a higher, you know, echelon than Slayton is. Mark Hierarchy. Slayton mm-hmm. hierarchy, right? In the who rules who. Kind of thing, even though he goes by Lord also. All right, but I think that would have been it. So that's my, I know I did a lot of talking, but that's my oh. whole thing on this character. And um, so, what I like to say, a lot of meat on the bone. And like, you, 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 you didn't get the value meal. You you went out and got the buffet with this character. What, what do you got to say about ha- that, Ron? No, yeah. like, definitely. He has a lot of attributes, a lot of layers to him. Uh, you find out in regards to his powers. I mean, he has, again, like Barry said, he has his, the, the agility, basically a superhuman type of agility. So he has that Captain America, Spider-Man type of endurance and speed and has the sci- sci- uh, psychic energy whips. So like yep. Psylocke, and, and in that regard, he has the ability to change, I mean, to change his body to miss. Now, they state in the system that in his early days, pre- Getting the Paragon Mist type of effect. Yeah, I like that. that I like that. Yeah, he, he yeah. was able to. He was able to mist and mist out um, through distances, as well as having carrying people with him. Oh. Basically, he had the ability that when he was doing that, um, he had to. Well, he just had to build. Like if he was like sort of like a night crawler, how I envisioned it, he was like a night crawler in the sense that he can basically end up bathing out. He just missed out. And if he's holding anybody, he can miss out and miss them all out at the same time. 
to wherever they want. After Tarragon missed, he doesn't have the ability. He only will do it in short short spurts, um, and they only now limited where he had the ability to do that whenever, how often he wants. He only had the ability to do that like once or twice a day, and he can only do himself. And it's really now to the point that he couldn't even do his clothes. So anything that's yes. within that clothes layer, like 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 his uniform, like his skin tight, then he will have the ability to carry that out. If not, he's misting out and misting in and like, uh-oh, I ain't got nothing. No, no, you ain't got no clothes, son. What are you doing? No, you, no. Don't be doing anything. Think, think ahead. You, you, you naked. Keep positive. Yeah, and you streaking. Think, think, come on. Think, think, man. Use your head. Use the common sense, man. So that's why he got himself a uniform that's skin tight and he can, you know, mist in and mist out. But these are little attributes that he had um, with, uh, that's about him. Great, great character in the sense that he is that tactician, that strategist, that adventurer, that man on a mission, you know, who's always, he's just like, he, he's like a top-notch um, um, hand-to-hand combat individual. Yeah. With, with 3,000 years underneath his belt, uh, as he stated, he's the man of adventure. He likes to go around. So you pick up a couple of traits when you're a ninja. I think he might be able to remember how to give the three, three point pressure points and take out a person. And then I can't move. That's why I told you. Don't mess with me. Don't mess with me. I'm That's your death like in Simpsons. <laughs> you know, you know, mess with me. You won't find out. <laughs> we could do that. Um, but he he is a he's he's an interesting individual. Uh, I I like him definitely. I do remember reading him up uh, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. He was that character again. He was the trainer for for Stormworth. I do remember him reading back up. I'm like, yeah, I do remember you and so forth. Yeah. And and then again, he was always that person who was just in the background of the trainer. That's all. I ain't do nothing else. At least that was his. His thought process of being introduced into into the um, into that particular world and lore, but he it's a different type of character, and I like that because you have him out as a type, the reluctant type of individual. He has the skills, he has the abilities to do and be a leader in that sense. But he knows that he has. I've done my time. I choose Mm -hmm. to take the back. Uh, 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 just sit and just relax and let, let the youngin, let the new Thundercats, the youngins take care of things. Yeah. But you realizing that, you, you know, we need to call you. Mark, we need you again. And you got to punch back in. Exactly, because I think there was one mission where it goes wrong, where the, the Stormwatch team gets captured and they go, okay, we got to send in the Calvary. And all they did was send in Mark. And everyone's laughing. It's like, who are they sending in? We need backup. Like, Don't worry, we got you covered. Who are you sending in? Backlash. Oh, we good. And the villain's like, wait a minute, there's a whole bunch of us. And they're just sending one individual. And they're like, you don't know this one individual that they're sending. Good luck to you. We'll, we'll stay here in our cells and we'll wait because yeah. it's the safest place right now for anybody. And Mark went in there and he wrecked shop <laughs> to show you how deadly he is. So let's, let's break it down. Bercy's got his abilities. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, being part of Stormwatch, a Stormwatch UN funded. He's got a plethora of gear he can get. At one point, I mean, he took it away at the early part of his issues, but he had this one plane. It looked almost like a spaceship, but it was a plane that was able to t- cloak itself 
uh, hover for landings. It even looked like a plane. Go underwater, it seemed. This thing was like, he had all these things of vehicles that he can get around with. Mm-hmm. So it, it he was, to me, part black ops, part trainer, part spy. Right. And it didn't seem like it was too much. It all made sense with how he is. Correct. For you know what they needed, so you're right. At that point, over three thousand years old. Hey, look, I've seen it all. Team Zero, Team One, Team Seven, uh, Stormwatch Prime, yep. the new Stormwatch. Okay, I'm good. I can just retire, and I'm I'm gonna just write up my time here and and live a good life. I'm hanging out in outer space. I'm great. I'm just chilling. I'm just waiting for that pension. I'm just chilling for that pension. Nope. Right. Exactly. That's exactly what he was. Now on Team Seven, just to give you an example. So he worked with Michael Cray. So Michael Cray was Deathblow. So once again, that's another uh, prominent character. Cole Cash was Grifter. Mark Slayton, of course. Jackson Dane. So Jackson Dane is the father of Battalion. Mm-hmm. And, and his brother, right, who also joined Stormwatch later on. They have, like, mad psionic powers. They put him in this armor that even boosts it even more. So, so picture Charles Xavier in battle armor that amplifies his power and put him in the field. Yeah, good and good luck. And then uh, Christina... Uh, Christy Blaze. So these are the members uh, up there, and each of them had something going on that would parlay into the future. So let's let's get back to Backlash. Backlash, here's my thing. So much stuff we don't know about Backlash. Mm-hmm. Like, they never... So we know who his dad is. They never covered who his mom was. What was his mom's lineage? Was she just a normal human that, you know, his dad fell in love with? Was she also royalty, maybe from Greece? Was she royal from you know because atlantis is always rumored i don't know i'm not that but it's supposed to be around you know greece around those islands there it was just mm-hmm. off from them one of the you know, greek islands yep so if that's the case we hear i've read enough greek mythology i i think it would be interesting to find out okay more about his mom his mom's lineage mm-hmm. how does that play out into today like who's his you know, he must have some descendants. Everyone has descendants. It always goes on and on and on and on and on to the break of dawn. What? Uh, so who's his descendants? You know, he could, he's got 3,000 years of history that he's forgotten that he needs to reclaim. Now, I admit that when he was part of Wild Court, it seemed like they kind of didn't know how to write him. They kind of wanted to take him in a different direction. They got more mystical. He was in a different land. And I think, you know, for me, I liked him in more in the world of still being part of the UN, being Black Ops, being a spy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that stuff that we can keep going on and still trying to find out about his history that, that's where it would be for me so let's get into some points right now how, how would you like to see this adapted Rod how, how would you like to see Backlash adapted I would honestly I would like to see a live action I want a, li- a live action now I'm and debating if I want a movie or do I want a series mm-hmm. because the series and everybody, you know, if you if you you follow us along, you know, you know how I when I get to this point, if it has a lot of meat on the bone, mm-hmm. I, I need to see I need to see what we got, lifting layers. So we need time. We need time to get in and get the story and get a good feel for the character. So mm-hmm. I think I, I want a live action. I, I just may want just a series. Uh, maybe just give me two series. And I think two series is more than enough. Uh, 12, 10 to 12 episodes per. Yeah. And, and that should be more enough to give us a good take on who he is, uh, the teams he worked with, and, and, and show us the level of expertise and why he is so important, why he is so valuable to the UN, Stormwatch, Team Zero, Team, one, team Seven, 
it, it just shows us enough validation as to who he is and why um, this character could actually make a difference. And like you said, he, he's world building because he's he intertwined with enough individuals that we've said before, even in the world of image, if you're going to build an image world, um, we need someone who's tangible, who can go across the board and be able to be seen and, you know, build off of. He's an actual character. He's an IP that can definitely build within the image universe. If they ever decide to go into that realm, right? I would say to to definitely make sure you have backlash in that it, it, on on the short list to to, to create it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I agree with you. I agree with you on that one. It's, so I'm I'm here's why I'm torn. I want I'm, I'm not sure if I want more of a live action series. I, I once again a movie. When there's so much meat on the bone that they did a movie, they would I would feel shortchanged. Right, that's what I'm like saying. I want yeah. a series. Mm-hmm. You know, the budget be there, but I'd feel shortchanged. So I'm saying series, but I don't know if I want live action or anime, an animated mm-hmm. series. Um, and and hear me out. The only difference is effects. You know, both of them have to play out the same way. So what I mean by that is, I want to see him explore. Like I mean, obviously it has to be present day, but it has to have its flashbacks. So it has to have its flashbacks. Or right. episodes that do flashbacks dealing with, you know, him as a young kid talking about his dad's history, put that in the intro, you know, uh, talking about uh, Team Zero, Team One, Team Seven. It has to cover all of that and bring those characters in. So, you know, present day, that's not, that's fine. In a series, yes, you can definitely do that. If they do it, they got, they can't do throwaway characters. They have to do legacy characters. So, what, I, sorry, legacy actors. I, I will invite what I mean by legacy actors for everyone is an actor that's going to play or actor and actress is going to play the role no matter what happens next. Right. So if you cast, you know, let's say actor A mm-hmm. and he's going to play, let's say we get an actor that's going to play Deathblow in a flashback. If you start to do an, a, a Deathblow IP, that actor has to be the same actor. Correct. I don't want it to be cast as an actor. Don't do the Colossus like what you did in X-Men live action. I Give me one actor and let that actor ride it through no matter how they cross over. Like how Marvel, I have to go back, Marvel did it right, right? They got Robert Downey Jr., he always played Iron Man. Um, you know, Chris Evans, he always played Captain America. Uh, you know, Scarlett Johansson always played, played Black Widow. Yep. Black Widow, no matter what, be it her yep. own movie, be it the Avengers, be it her, you know, any guest appearances she did in any other, that's what it has to be. So if you're going to get a character, you have to cast so don't just cast a character to fill the, the background void and say, oh, yeah, here, let's just put the costume. People recognize the costume. Oh, we're going to do a serious IP on this now? Okay, we're going to do a casting call. No, get it. Let that actor know, like, hey, you're signing on for this and going to be potential. So, and it still works out. Yep. Because if, if you're going to get an actor that's going to just do it as a cartoon, because I want my flashbacks. I want to see Atlantis. I want to know more about his mom. I want to see... You know, um, what happened during those 3,000 years? Show me him in ancient Greece, in ancient mm-hmm. Rome, uh, medieval times. I don't mean the restaurant. You know, show me during the Crusades. What was he doing? Was he trying to be a carpenter at one point? Did he see key events, which I think would be cool if you put in certain key uh, events, right? Like, you know, the, you know, something like he turns around and he does one mission. The next thing you know, at the end of that, say, the episode in the flashbacks, you as a fan watching going, holy crap. He, he just interacted with the Holy Grail. But for him, he's totally forgot. He didn't know that was a Holy Grail. He just thought it was a cup. Right. G- give me uh-huh. give me something like that as an Easter egg and the Knights Templar. And it, yep. 
So let him give me a little bit more on that. That I would love to see, but not take away anything. And of course, now with his memory, why is his memory so bad? Is his memory so bad because he just didn't pay attention? Is it a mix between uh, human DNA and Kerberian uh, DNA that caused the duration of his memory? Did he have an event that caused him to totally black out? and Or did he have a traumatic event that totally caused him to forget a lot of things in the past? I mean, you're over 3,000 years old. How does that really affect your your extremely long-term memory? You might have long-term memory that's good for what you call a normal human lifespan. So maybe he gets every 100 years, the brain just kind of flushes a lot of the memories and adds more because it can only hold so much. It's like a hard drive. You've hit your maximum capacity. You have to delete yep. some files. Something has to go. Something so, has to go. Right. I, I need to know more about his biology that way to make it seem that it can make sense. So I'm looking at that, that when they're doing these flashbacks, if it was an animated cartoon, I don't say animated cartoon, you know, cartoon. So if I say if it was a cartoon series, almost like Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, that one was done really well. I like that one. Because it brought in a lot of serious aspect that had some humor. So if you do the flashbacks, it's easier to draw certain scenes than try to get like visual effects to do it. And then everyone's like, oh, how much is going to cost us, right? To be done well, because then you got to go through and find old sets. You got to find maybe the, the set for Spartacus and put him in that. You got to right. find the set for Rome, put him in that, it, it, which can be done. These studios have these lots. I also want to know more about his past. You can't tell me this man's only had three three thousand years, and he's only had what three relationships? There's three we know of. Right. There's Taboo. Before her was Diane uh, Lasalle, and before her was uh, I think the girl's name is Jody. Uh, uh, and forgive my I'm going to go back to my notes, but it Jody's was, uh, the daughter. Jody's the daughter. Oh, Jody's the daughter. My apologies. Jody's the daughter. But uh, yeah, his his girlfriend, right? Uh, yeah. So he had a girl in Japan. His yes. girlfriend from Japan. I'm not seeing the name right now, but... Yeah, I don't think that's the name. Yeah, but the girlfriend from Japan that he had the two kids with, because you only had two kids? He's been around for 3,000 years. Wolverine has more kids and has been around less time than that. And this, and this is where you brought up a good point, because you don't, you don't know now, seeing that he was surprised that he has two kids, now has he purposely, who knows, maybe he purposely was told or was you know, instructed by Pharaoh before Pharaoh disappeared, like saying, listen, you're a special individual. As you can tell, we've been on the run for the past five, 600 years. Uh -huh. Listen, you can't go and interact with anybody because they could be, like you said, maybe because of his own natural DNA, humans, um, half human, half Caribbean, there could be a, an issue that, you know, may be known by Pharaoh's people, Caribbean people that, hey, if you interact with human Earth, earthlings, there's something you know might be detrimental to their DNA. Yeah, it could be memory loss. So you mm -hmm. don't want to put that onto anybody. So basically, hey, you know, look, look from the window, don't touch. You know, don't order from the, don't order from the meal. Just, just, just. So seeing that he has two kids, maybe he didn't realize. Again, he was surprised that he had two kids. He's been trying to be safe all these three thousand years. Dang it, I slipped up. Dang it. Yeah. And, and then Perfectly even his kids, like, we don't know about his kids, like his daughter Jody, for example, right? Because mm. he's not pure, he's half. So him having a kid with a human, that means she's half, uh, his half. Right. Does she okay. have that long lifespan? So She has are, something. She has, she has the superpowers to a oh, certain degree. Oh, she has the superpowers, but we don't know if she what? has his long... Longevity. No, yeah, his, his, yeah, exactly, his longevity, you know, his 
almost virtual immortality, they call it. Did she get it? Did she not get it? So maybe she does have it, but maybe not to the extent that he has it. Maybe she's going to live a couple of hundred years and not three over 3,000 going. So, I, I mean, I know Backlash's story does go on to a certain point where he loses his leg and so forth like that. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to get away from that. that. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. No, there were, no, there were I, a little I, no, that's why I think they lost. Uh, yeah, sorry. I, well, I just wanted no, to cut in because because reading up and coming across that, that was with his superpowers, again, with the, the ability. Prior, yeah. he had the ability to mist and disappear. Now he can't miss. He only can miss his own body. He can't do anything attached. So then he has a mechanical, you know, a cybernetic knee, uh, leg that doesn't go with him. I'm like, come, come on, now. son. Come on, son. Come on, son. Hey, don't stop depowering these characters. You put them depowered in yeah. the game. Yeah, I didn't and like that, 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 that. yeah, I was a little up. I was a little taken back when I read that. I'm like, mm, come on, come on. Come on. No, I wasn't fan. So yeah, um, as I say, I, I think. So as a live action series mm-hmm. with so many things on there, if they play it smart, put a little money into it. If we have to go live action, put a little money into it. Mm-hmm. Think about who you want to get because he could be the spinoff, like how Iron Man was a spinoff for Marvel mm-hmm. currently, right? I mean, we all talked about this. It was Blade before, but it was, it was you know, Blade was a godfather. And and Iron Man was a father because that's where we got the Avengers, everyone related, so forth, up to now. Right. If you really want to launch an image universe, we did talk about Union before, right? But Backlash is prior that because yeah. Stormwatch shows up in Union. You can't have a Stormwatch without Backlash. I would simply say plan it out, map map it out, get all your actors, map out that storyline, map out the crossovers. So I would do something like give me a live action. So I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to go live action, but they have to map it out like Marvel mapped it out in a sense of who plays what character whenever. Let them, to a certain degree, cross over in the Mm -hmm. series, right? So let the members of Team 7 cross over on the TV series. Let let Deathblow cross, you know, all of them cross over to a certain degree. They don't even have to do anything. Just be there in costume and let him, even if he's walking by and always says hi, uh, and do it that way. And then when it spans out, decide who goes where. So I, I think like, you know, live action for him, maybe live action for Deathblow, anyone that's Team 7, you know, let them do live action. But then for if you want to go deeper or bigger, then you can do like a Gen 13 movie. Mm. Right? But you already have their father, uh, that was part of the team seven, so he could show up and Lynch could show up, right? And let Lynch and Backlash, so let it be birthed by Backlash, let Lynch, Backlash kind of tie it all together and going back and forth. So I want this series, has to be a series. Definitely, I think it's got to do at least three seasons with the amount of flashbacks they have to do to cover some of the stuff that we know and don't know present day. And then they really, really have to get into. Atlantis. Make give him a reason to look for to find Atlantis. Give him a reason to embrace his heritage fully. Embrace his role within his people. Mm-hmm. His dad was a lord. He has to. I would love instead of him giving the old decrepit losing a leg and losing his powers. No, I want to see him take on being a lord himself. It's like my dad was a lord. I'm going to take the station, but I need something from Atlantis. So now. It goes from him being a mercenary, not a mercenary, sorry, going from black ops, trainer, 
spy world. He finds something during one of these spy world black ops missions that will parlay into still getting together the wild court to a certain degree to look for Atlantis. So that could be like season one could be just basic backlash, some back, you know, crossovers. The season two could be dealing with, um, you know, so season one is dealing with his past. Season two could be dealing with his Caribbean heritage, still trying to, you know, help out his girlfriend, Diane, and Taboo in there and how one relationship ends, how another one begins. And then during that, he finds something that says, hey, you're Lord Slate. What? You're, this is who your dad was. You, we have to find this device, whatever, or this came up from Atlantis. We have to stop it. You got to find it. And then let season three be that, that search for Atlantis, you know, uh, quest and let him end off that way. So I have a different ending in my vision than mm-hmm. the one the books gave him where DC bought Wildstorm, cut, cut off his leg. He can barely teleport. He doesn't wear the costume no more. No, I want the classic costume he had, including the gun and a knife under, even though he barely uses it. Right. You know, that's that's what I got born with into. That's what mm-hmm. I want to see play out. Okay, um, definitely. I, yeah. I will and add on why Farron left him. Like, I right. really want him and Farron to have well, that emotional conversation this, of, this is, yo, this you is ditched me. <laughs> right. No, you're, you're perfect. Because this is where I'm leading off to that I can add on to that is that you brought up a point, And I was thinking prior to you just saying about finding something, uh, something to make him go back to Atlantis. Okay, here. He, find, he finds something that triggers not a memory, but something that shows a heritage that he has to his Caribbean, I mean, his Caribbean uh, heritage. But actually, the the allies, I mean, the one-time allies that um, the Durant, the race yeah. that the hostile, the hostile aliens, yes. let them come back. Let them come back to Earth and have them type of, again, you know, there are, how's the best way, uh, as an example, I've been coming back and watching uh, Fringe, and I'm coming back to Fringe, and I know later on in that particular series, mm-hmm. you find out the main guy's uh, son it's from an alternate universe, and you realize that there's a certain type of radiation above him, like an aura, that mm-hmm. shows that he's not from this particular timeline. He's from wow. a different timeline. So let's just go that uh, Backlash is also because he's half. It's not such a strong type of presence, but he has some type of aura that has uh, this Caribbean her- heritage. Let's just say that Duran decides to come back. You know that place we were trying to take about a couple, you know, a couple thousand years ago, and we got we got defeated. Listen, man, I still had him back, man. That, that bothered me, man. Like, you know, let's, let's, let's set up a troop. Let's do some recon. Let's see what that plan is available. Let's see what we can do. Come across and then a couple of bypasses, like everything. You know what? And they got these wild storms and these, these teams that, ah, you know what? They're soft. We could take them out. And then all of a sudden, one other, one another uh, recon, I'm kind of faint. I think, is that a Caribbean? There's a Caribbean on this planet? There's a Caribbean on this planet. Yo, yo, tell the general, there's a Caribbean on this planet. Oh, wow. And yes. that could be a problem. Yes. So now he comes back. They come back and basically confront him in a battle and realize that you're a Caribbean. I'm a, yeah, I'm a Caribbean. How do you know about me? Listen, you, we have battles, whatever the case may be. Bah, bah, bah. Now he has to realize there was something, realizing his father left something in Atlantis. So now he has to go back and find Atlantis, right. find something, right. start like a, Basically, now I'm jumping Church. to start. I'm talking into Stargate now. I'm going to Stargate. We need something to take on the or, the Ori. We need to take something out of the replicators, and we got to go from different universe, different planets, just to find that particular device that can take them out. 
you know, and that's basically it. I got to go back to Atlantis to find something that can take these Durans who's coming to infiltrate and take over Earth. Backlash is all up on you, bro. Listen, you can do it. Absolutely. And they can lead to a big blowout because this can start off as a TV show and they can end in a movie, right? So, you know, if let's say you get in Stormwatch and you get in Wildcats and you get in um, you know, uh, Spawn to a certain degree, but it really be more like Wildcats, uh, you know, Backlash, Stormwatch, uh, Deathblow, Gen 13 to a certain degree. You bring all of them in, and it can start off as this TV show where he's introduced them all, but mm-hmm. you can have it and go into like other people have their own movies, just like how they did Endgame, and then really get it in an all out battle in there. So take him from the World TV building. screen to, to the cinema screen and let him play a, a prominent role in there because you have Majestic. And Majestic is going to lead that fight. So it's going to be Majestic and all the Wildcats. Uh, you know, it's going to be uh, the Wetworks team. It's going to, all of them are in fact, you know, have to deal with defending Earth, you know, from mm-hmm. the, uh, the Demonites and the uh, Demonites and the Durant, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. There you go. So that, that's that's it. So, all right. So who, here we go. We're going to fancast it right now. Let me mm. read down to this one. Who is your backlash? And so wow. I want someone who's seasoned again because oh, although okay. three thousand years mm-hmm. of his time, he's silver here, he's peppered and you know salt and pepper here and everything like that. He's he's already a leader. He's done his tour of duty. He's seasoned. He's been through a couple of battles. So now he's on the retirement end, but we're pulling him back. So this is not a twenty. This is not a thirty. I'm looking for someone who's seasoned, like in his late forties, you know. But because of his the way he's his body is, he can handle any type of thing. I okay. would like to have mm-hmm. Colin Farrell to play Backlash. Here's a couple of reasons why. We're going to go with, um, we'll do some early stuff because of um, Total Recall. Um, we can go, you know, he, he's, he, you know, Total Recall, Total, Recall, Total Recall takes a good portion of it because of the action and the ability that he was portraying in that. Yes, Solar Recall was over 10 years old at this time right now, but Colin can do that. So I'm not even worried about it. He has the ability, he has the, the agility to do all that. He was playing in Coach. He was like Coach in The Gentleman. He was Artemis Fowl in Artemis Fowl Sr. in Artemis Fowl. So he has, you know, the spy type of atmosphere. And, you know, he, he, can, he can pull that off. Now, we know he's crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> you got to be mentally crazy. He's uh-huh. playing. He's playing Oz, the Penguin, and the Batman. Yeah. So, 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 Colin has a lot of range. This this actor has shown time and time again. You put him into something. Listen, let me just go. When he did Sonny Crockett and Miami Miami Vice, my goodness. Although that was an updated Miami Vice, I felt Don Johnson. He did good. He gave he gave you that Sonny Crockett like thing. Yeah, that's that's sunny. That's sunny. Okay. And intelligence and you know and you know spy type of Colin can pull that off. Well, I'm not I'm not too worried about Colin Farrell taking that role. Well, I really wanted. To, I also I was thinking for someone unknown, mm-hmm. and I'll be honest. I really was thinking someone unknown because backlash is it's an open slate. He's yeah. an open slate. So he could be anybody. Yeah. And I was looking at some, you know, some up and coming and whatever the case may be. And I came across Colin and I put him to the side. And I just, 
kept going back. And I'm like, no, honestly, mm-hmm. not even say up and coming. Like I need someone who's older, whatever the case, but you know, character, actors are, you know, not, not, you know, you don't really see that. Not, you don't see that often. No respect. But you know, I'm looking, I wasn't really planning to look for a, for a Colin Farrell layer. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And it just like, yeah, I just, I, I gotta call, you gotta call wow. Colin on this. You gotta call wow. Colin on this. Wow. Okay. All right. I got you. I got you. Good call though. Colin Farrell. Okay. So Colin Farrell is who you vision as backlash. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I see your reasons why, because I mean, I just watched, you know, total recall with him just a little while ago again. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I got you. So I've got the same theory. So I went with the, you know, the criteria, the person's got to look good in a costume, right? Um, they got to have some uniqueness to them. And I went with someone that might surprise people. But I always liked this actor, and I don't think we got enough of him. And I would like to see him go from a small role that he did or little roles that he did. He's already been on TV. He's already been in a superhero show. But I want him to be the main guy. This is this is who I'm going to go with as backlash. So for me, my backlash is his name is Rick Cosnet. Now you're going to look at me and go, Barry, who the heck is Rick Cosnet? And I go, if you you know already, very popular role, CW. Rick Cosnet plays. Uh, uh, he's on The Flash. He plays uh, Eddie Thawne. So if, you, if you're watching The Flash, season one, season two, uh, if you're watching The Flash, like the last couple no. of episodes, Eddie Thawne, right. Now, if you look at Rick, Rick has got that chiseled look already. He's got the body okay. for it. Mm-hmm. Put him in, a, give him some action uh, fight training and his voice. Rick has this, you look at him, it's always the Ricks that throw me off. Eh? Rick Astley has the voice you wouldn't think he would have. Oh. And Rick Cosnet, if you listen to Rick's voice, he's got this, even though he doesn't yell, but he's got this deep voice that kind of just, ro- but it's so unique that mm. if even you put him in and said, oh, well, he could be the voice actor for Rick, uh, sorry, for uh, Mark Slayton, you, you're going to recognize the voice. So in costume, he's got that voice. And I think, not I think, I believe given the role, he would shine. He's already used to superhero stuff by playing Eddie Thawne on The Flash. He was, you know, before Barry was with Iris, Eddie was with Iris in the show, how they written it. And when they bring him back, all the time, I like when he showed back up and I heard that voice of his, it, there's something about that voice. It's got this deepness that I think would be a voice you would listen to as a commander. He's played a detective on the show. He's done other roles. But I think for our audiences, they'll recognize him first and foremost for that. So he plays a detective on there. He's, you know, he's he's kind of gone a little bit nuts on there. He's been sane on there. He's been in love. He's had his heart broken. So he's shown a lot of range. He's got the look and that voice. And he's mm-hmm. done, like, dramas. He's done comedy. So he can definitely play between the two to be this character, right? Okay. And, and what's a hair color? A hair color is just a box of dye. All right, c- c- good enough. He would be, and I know they always, I mean, superheroes, they always write him bigger than life, right? It's like, I know Mark is supposed to be like six foot one or something like that, Mark Slayton. And any, mm. this this actor here is like five foot 11. Good enough for me. <laughs> Good enough for me. You know, cast him, cast him, cast him. Uh, and I know, um, you know, and I don't care. I know he just came out on, you know, came on an Instagram about his sexuality, um, that he's a gay actor. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care if he's straight or gay. If you can act and you fit the role, you fit the role. I'm all about that support. He can do it. Okay. He can do it. Because clearly, it didn't stop him from interacting being the fiancé of 
Iris. So I, I, to me, I said, he's got the look, but he's got that voice. And when he puts on that mask and you have that voice, not even having to change it, wow, that's who I'm going with. Okay. All right. I see. I see. I see. I see the man you call Rich. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Very nice. This is my Very Mark. Nice. This is my Mark Slayton. Like that's that's the you know that's who I'm going with. And I mean, there's a picture of him when where he's kind of worked out a little bit, so he's like chiseled. He doesn't have to be big because Mark is a is a slim guy. He's not an overly bulky mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. And the, the way he's worked out and how he's got it dead on. That's it. Done. <laughs> Rick Cosnet. I'm, I'm from pronouncing mispronouncing your last name. I'm sorry, but I, I believe in you. That's that's that would be my Mark Slayton right there. That's okay. backlash. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. I can see. I can see. I can see. I can see what you got. I see what you got. All right. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. 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 Rick, I'm watching. I'm looking right now. Okay. Good. All right. <laughs> Interesting. Hey, that's Colin Farrell is a that's a tough one to beat. So I mean, Colin Farrell and Rick. So Colin and Rick in, in you know in that category. That, mm-hmm. That's what it is. I know our episodes are going along a little bit longer, people. So we were going to try mm-hmm. to keep you back on track. If you like the longer episodes, okay, fine, cool. If, if you want us to be a little shorter, let us know. Um, so yeah, let's let's we'll wrap this up. So Rod, any last words on on, on backlash? Um, you know what? Not listen. We I think we said it all. Uh, he's a unique character who has that type of presence. You know what? You can look at him like um, you can look at him like a man of mystery, like a like a Nick Fury in the sense that yes. he's seasoned. He's been through a whole bunch of stuff, and we still haven't gone through all the layers of Nick Fury. And this is what we're hearing about this guy. And he has three thousand years. He basically has I don't know hmm, two thousand nine hundred, and I'll be nice and say twenty more years. Oh, let's give him at least ninety. Two hundred, two thousand nine hundred, and I can't even talk 17 years over this guy. So, yeah, I think uh, he might have some more layers. So, yeah, absolutely. Let's go with that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I agree with you. I think the same thing. And I, I, I think it'd be a lot fun to explore this character because what we know already is established would be great. But then to find out more about the unknown and then get really back into that Atlantis aspect instead of the storyline they gave him that ended it out. No. So if you want to bring in the image universe, this is who we're going with. We're going with Backlash. So we'll wrap this up. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Please remember, like, subscribe, and share, rate, and review. Let us know. Interact with us on our social media. And once again, check out our community page on our YouTube channel and, and vote on those polls. we got more coming up. We've got some other there. We want to hear from you. We want to see how people are moving. And we see the channels growing, so we're very happy about that. Thank you. Uh, and with that being said, remember, this whole world was started with a pencil, a piece of paper, and lots of imagination. Keep on dreaming. I wonder if the Stormwatch satellite is in the same orbit as the Justice League satellite and what happens in the doubts. Ding. The doubts <laughs> 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 <laughs>